Support for this podcast comes from Vital Storm. Vital Storm is a growing team of creative thinkers who are passionate about driving leads through local search. Our model for acquiring, tracking, and reporting leads is tailored towards the home service industry. Whether it's through PPC, SEO, or social media, we convert internet traffic into qualified leads via a unique process of creating, design, and campaign management that produces results relevant to your industry, market, and company. For more information, go to vitalstorm.com. Hello there, listeners. Bob Houchin here. When we began this pod more than five weeks ago, it focused so much on contractors' response to COVID-19. That's not what the show is really all about. Today, I'm going to share a conversation, a success story, I had with a longtime SGI member more than five months ago. And this member has been a true mentor to so many other contractors. He's a great business person and man. I hope you enjoy and look for more and more stories just like these in the near future. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. On today's show, you'll be listening to a conversation I had with a longtime SGI member, Ish Raman, owner of Precision Roof Crafters in Houston, Texas. Ish joined the organization way back in 2007. He's built an incredible company and has been an incredible friend to so many SGI members, always happy to offer help and guidance. In particular, today, we'll talk a bit about how Hish ended up in the roofing industry, uh, but we'll mostly talk about the nuts and bolts of how he runs Precision Roof Crafters. You'll hear how he structures both their technical and communication training. Hish shares advice on what successful contractors must do to enjoy continued success year after year. And he talks about how he stresses a work-life balance in his business. Let's take a listen. I hope you enjoy. Hish, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, for those who, who don't know you and know your story, could you share with everyone um, how you got into the roofing industry and uh, why you ultimately decided to start your own business? Not coming from the industry, I was introduced to the construction business, uh, roofing specifically, uh, and uh, made aware of the opportunity that exists. Uh, looked into it, did my research, uh, started the business, uh, started selling, knocking on doors, talking to people and offering our services uh, to, to do their roofs and needed to support the family after prior business failure that didn't come through. So that's how we got here. And if you could share with everyone, how did business progress, the good and the bad, uh, on your journey to ultimately finding SGI? I was very fortunate. Business did go well when we first started and we grew and we grew exponentially, exponentially and uh, we got to a point to where we just couldn't grow it anymore. There was a lot of things that I didn't understand about the business uh, because I had no mentors, no, no one to, uh, no point of reference. Uh, so we went out looking for help. We used business consultants, uh, management consulting companies that didn't do a lot for us after we spent a lot of money. Uh, and one day we received a, a mailer from uh, SGI for RSI. We, I was open. You know, they say the mind works like a parachute, works best when it's open. So we went to the profit day 
listen to what they had to say, liked what we heard, and became members. In those early days uh, when you joined, Executive Perspective was still wrapped in uh, to Expo. So did you have much of a, a lag time from Prop Day to Expo? I was actually about uh, five and a half, six weeks. Uh, we were very excited. We couldn't wait. It just didn't come soon enough. Yeah. If you would... Uh, Share what was your experience at that first expo, meeting all these other like-minded, success-minded roofing contractors. You know, everyone's looking to get better. Everyone's looking to, to network. What was that like? It was amazing. It was exciting. It was great to be able to talk to somebody uh, in the language that we now know, that I've learned since I got in the business, and understand that it was sort of comforting to know that they were going through the same challenges that we were. There were some companies that were much bigger than we were. There are many that were much smaller than we were. But I found the just everybody had something to offer and everybody was very open and uh, very willing to share what's going on. You know, you had a, a strong business. You were generating sales. I know you weren't making the profit you wanted, but, you know, it wasn't like you had a complete makeover. So, Hish, what are maybe two or three main things that you knew you needed to do as soon as you got back home from Expo? Well, we were, we're mostly uh, predominantly commercial business, and we really wanted to become more of a residential. Uh, our bottom line was never very stable, even though our sales were, were pretty consistent uh, with commercial. We, we didn't know what we were doing right, quite honestly, what we were doing wrong, other than just the bottom line. And I know it's about the bottom line, but how do you keep that consistent? That's what we couldn't figure out. So when we came back, uh, understanding uh, being properly priced for residential market, uh, how to reach a residential market, uh, how to take clients off the market, you know, which is my favorite term now is, Everybody that we go see, the goal for our people is to take that, that homeowner off the market from other roofing companies. And uh, just uh, all the systems in place to help you do that. Our branding, uh, we jumped in with both feet. Uh, we took a lot of what we learned at that first expo and just made the commitment that, hey, we're going to do this. And we're going to find out pretty quick. It's either going to work. Or it's not, but we're going to, it's not, if it doesn't work, it's not going to be because we didn't commit to it. It's going to be because the system doesn't work, but we're so happy that the system did work and it, it did, it, it took off. And within a few weeks, uh, people that we've done business with in the past, friends, uh, of ours and, and employees, vendors, uh, people just started to call and say, Hey, will you guys, Sure have grown quite a bit, and we were no bigger that day than we were the day before, but a lot of the things that we implemented with the branding and, and the ways to get our name out there that we took away from that expo made an immediate impact. You mentioned uh, before we started recording the interview that you know uh, repairs have always been an important part of your business, even before you met SGI, RSI, and, and understood um, how much we valued them. Can you speak to why repairs were such a big deal even from day one for you guys? Well, keep in mind, we don't, neither myself nor my partner that at the time came from a background uh, uh, of uh, roofing. We didn't have the full confidence of going out and getting the big jobs. We wanted just to get a foot in the door and get cash flow. That was what was important to us. And that's what we did. Uh, you know, we, we sort of uh, 
didn't overextend ourselves. We didn't have insurance. Uh, we had to take baby steps. We were learning as we went. Uh, but we found that with repairs that there weren't a lot of companies that were doing them. So the competition wasn't very great. We didn't know it, but we found out as time went on. So we ended up carving out a niche for ourselves as being a service company. And uh, it became part of who we are, the fabric of who Precision Roof Crafters is. Speaking of service, I know you come from a service background. Um, you know, you were in the restaurant industry before getting into roofing. Um, can you talk about how you adopted training into your business after meeting SGI? And in fact, I think you have your own uh, training facility now, right? Correct. We, have, we built a training, a 1,500 square foot training facility. Uh, for technical training and to make sure that our people, when they hit the ground, they hit it running. They have the knowledge and, you know, I don't want anybody to ever think that they're calling a professional out to help them with their problems only to be, you know, uh, left hanging and feeling that this person doesn't really know what they're talking about. So we invest a lot of time in, in the technical training as well as the classroom training on how to talk to people how to communicate, how to keep them in the loop. Uh, we use many forms of communication from text to email, uh, to follow up calls, you know, just person to person. Uh, some of these tools we had before, uh, quite a few of them came through the membership and vendors that we met here. And actually ideas that we've, uh, uh, were, we picked up from other members. So if you're focusing so much on technical training, I'm assuming that means you're bringing a lot of people from outside of the industry uh, into your company and training them up. Yeah, we uh, we don't like to bring people, hire people from within the industry because they bring in their bad habits. Now on the administrative and the, uh, the sales side, the service, uh, they're from outside the industry now. In the technical side, the guys, the technicians actually do work. They do have experience, but it's retraining them to do it the way we want it done, right? And the most common thing that we hear from, from guys that are actually in the field doing physical work is, hey, nobody else does it that way. Well, to us, that's, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that nobody else does it that way because that's how we're different. And that we can speak to our potential clients with confidence that, hey, we are different, and here's how we're different. What's the training schedule look like for your team? What do you guys do? We have them come in. We have an onboarding period of, of uh, two weeks and then field training. Uh, we put them on a training schedule of anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks. Some guys are a little bit quicker at picking up, and they can, they can go on on their own pretty quick. Some guys, it's, it's a little bit slower. I mean, training to me is very important. It's, it's important. I come from a training background. It's important that it's an ongoing thing, not just a one-time thing. So it's, it's weekly, monthly, annually, uh, wherever we can get it, whether it's, it's through uh, manufacturers or uh, online training or coming to Learning Alliance classes. What kind of training do you do for your salespeople? How do you help them grow and, and, and keep them uh, focused on hitting the numbers they need to hit? We partner with them. They set their goals. Part of our job as management is to help them achieve their professional and personal goals. They figure out what they need to do. And now we know what we need to be as a company. If they, we have them set the goals and we reverse engineer it of how do you attain these goals and we help them to attain it. Now, if somebody was to come to us and say, of course, this is something we, uh, we weed out in the, in the hiring process. 
if we ask them, what is your goal? And they're telling us, well, I need to do this much to have the lifestyle or support my family, have the lifestyle that I want to support my family. Then if it doesn't match up with what we're trying to do, then it's not a good fit because their, their ambitions are not where ours are. But if it is, then we help them work, break it down, reverse engineer it. And then we have goal, goal boards. We check, we have training, uh, video training, online training. Uh, we have quick meetings every morning. Uh, and uh, we just follow up and just constant motivation. Support for this podcast comes from Mike Albert Fleet Solutions. Mike Albert Fleet Solutions is a full-service fleet management company working alongside you to help get the trucks, vans, and cars you need to run your business and keep them on the road day after day. We'll help you find the right vehicles, finance them, equip them for the work you're doing, all while helping you plan ahead for future growth. Learn more at MikeAlbert.com. Welcome back to the show. Moments ago, Hish was explaining his robust training program. Now he's going to share some insights on how to stay successful in this industry for many years. And Hish is going to shine some light on how he's managed to create a culture that's kept employees tied to precision roof crafters for 20 years and longer. So let's jump back into the conversation. Hish, you've been a, a member a long time, I think over 12 years now. Once you got those those core changes in place and got the business uh, strengthened, what you know, what have you been doing the last seven or eight years to keep the company profitable, keep it growing? Um, you know, what advice would you have to other roofing contractors who uh, who want to continue to see uh, success over a, a long period of time? Well, what happened to us at one point is uh, as we kept on evolving. Uh, some of the early things that we adopted started to fall by the wayside. And that's something that you've got to be careful. Can't forget the basics, right? That's your foundation and you have to build on that. And it, it has to be, a, growth is different for different people. People have different goals as you know, owners and companies. Uh, for us, it's to provide opportunities for everybody and, and help them as I said, it goes back to those achieved their their dreams. Uh, and I think we've been able to do that with quite a few of our people. We have people that have been with us for 20 plus years and I, they wouldn't go anywhere else. They would do anything for the company. Uh, but is there anything in particular over the last seven or eight years you've really learned is hugely valuable to uh, a company's long-term success? The people, the focus on people. I mean, we knew that. We knew that people are the most, one of the most critical aspects. We're a service company. You know, we're, we're, we're there to serve the customers, but we're also as a company there to serve our team members. They have, I want them to have balance. They have to have balance. They have to be healthy. They have to have a good home life. They have to be mentally, you know, in a place where work is not taxing their, their family and the family is well served by the, what they do for us. So focusing on them and, and making sure that they have the tools they need to succeed, which is something the organization really does a good job of continually reminding us and training us and providing tools to help us achieve those goals. Here's something I admire of you is 
Um, you've always been a person who's kept good balance in their life. You haven't let the business overwhelm you. So when did you learn that balance was something that you valued and, and how did you get that into place? That happened early, early before I got into this business, finding, finding balance. I think I shared with you my father, you know, because I'm the baby of the family and there's a big age gap. My father was always working. So we never had that chance to, to really bond. I mean, he was always there for us, but the relationship as far as creating memories and it was something that I wanted to do with my kids uh, as I had kids uh, to create memories and spend time with them. It was important to make sure that we had, we had a business that afforded us that opportunity. So working in, in, in the corporate world, it is, it is having lived that life. It is important that the business runs, everybody's expendable because it, it, the organization has to be bigger than any one person. And that was a goal from day one, uh, for the sake of my family, for the sake of everybody there, because if, if having one cog in the machine break down, shuts down the whole machine, then nobody wins, right? We have a lot of people that depend on us to continue moving forward and, 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 uh, Finding finding that success, so everybody understands it's something that you know uh, we preach from day one. Everybody has to be expendable, not because your job is threatened, but because it's it's security for everybody else. You know, you have to think of other people, not just yourself, and that's what we do. So we do have processes, we do have job descriptions. Uh, one of the things that we need to work more on is SOPs. Uh, we have some, but not nearly to cover everything that we do. Uh, and I have been very fortunate. I have people around me that understand and get it. And I make people take vacations and they know the value of that. So their job, when they come back, they're refreshed and they don't have a stack of work waiting for them. When they get back, somebody picked up the ball and ran with it so they can come back and just ease right back into work without any stress. I want the same for myself and it works and, and it's not easy to find those people, but they are out there, you know? So yes, we get, we get, uh, I can leave for extended periods of time and come back and everything is okay. So, uh, what does the future look like for, for Hish and for precision roof crafters over the next five to 10 years? I know your son's in the business. Um, where do you see, uh, everything going? I'm not a, the retirement hasn't, really crept into my thinking. Uh, I'm one of those people that always has to have something to do. Uh, I want to find, uh, well, not find, actually a BHAG that, I've, that I have uh, that's been in the background laying there for quite some time is to create a business model that will allow other people to benefit from having been a part of our family, which is to, and I'm sharing this for the first time, but to, <laughs> you know, I almost don't want to, I don't want to say it out loud, but here it is to, uh, open up locations in other parts where they own it okay. almost like a franchise, but not really, it's just a satellite office, but they have majority ownership in it. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and let them, you know, let them create the life that they want for themselves, but on the back of a of something that's already established 
and a, a name that's recognized and is doing well. So that's that's one of the things that I have looking forward to. And these are key people that have been working for you for some time that, that you want to give this opportunity to. Correct. And and you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of people have that entrepreneurial spirit about them. They just don't know how to get these things done. They'll come and work with us. I want them to have what they want. There's no The pie is big enough for everybody. There's no reason why everybody can't do this. You know, it does. You don't. Your your gain does is it's not necessarily my loss, right? We can all win together, right? The win win win, right? So so that's that's uh, that's one of those B hacks that we have and, and my team members know about, and something that they're they're really like and I've noticed they're motivated about some of the long term people. How that's going to be structured is still in, in, in the works. That's Hish Raman, owner and president of Precision Roof Crafters in Houston, Texas. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. Remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Insyncorator. Insyncorator is the world leader in food waste disposers and holds over 200 patents on fine grinding and quiet technology innovations. Based and assembled here in the United States, Insyncorator produces the popular Badger series and can offer many upgraded disposers, such as the Pro series built for plumbers and builders to meet the needs of more demanding customers. Visit Insyncorator.com to learn more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is copyrighted 2020 by Aquila Investment Group, LLC, all rights reserved. Music